Well, hello. Welcome to one more. I think, what, is this 24 now? This would be episode 24. Welcome to 39 Drunken Disorderlies. Excellent. We have a little whiteboard now. You see that, guys? We're going up in the world. We have a little whiteboard now. This board is here to remind us and our editors what episode it is. And today... Oh, yeah. No, the editor knows. I was going to say, the only person that seems to know is the editor. The rest of us are just guessing. I mean, it's always nice then then you have some sort of visual, you know, it's like it's like our it's like our slate. Yeah. And you, I'm you, also You also might have noticed. I mean, I'm only talking to you really observant fans out there that it's just a little bit quieter on this side of the microphone stands than normal. We're mi- we're missing one of our fundamentals here. That's right. There's a little more space on the table. I have elbow and uh, knee room, so that must mean we're down a body. And this time it's not me. And nor me. Well, so so obviously that means that that means that Luna isn't here. And yeah, we're missing Luna, and she's been at most of them. And Rich isn't grinding his teeth in the background. Right. We don't have Rich. It's so, Rich, right? Oh, yep. you know who it is. Po- <coughs> oh wait, Pokeroo. Pokeroo. That's. You know, we always miss him. Every time. How does that happen? I don't know, but I heard he was there last week. I keep hearing about that. No, see, that's totally ridiculous because no one would put me or Trevor on a kid's show. Right. That's I mean, just, that's one of those things. In fact, all you out there are thinking about it, you should put me and Trevor on a kid's show. It would be great. It would be, we'd be the examples of like. Oh, so something, something, something live. Avoid. At like, that starts at like six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. So me and this guy show up at 6 a.m. live, fresh for the show. All the kids are ready to go. And it's like, you know. Fresh for the show. Fresh for the I show. I haven't gone to bed yet. Yeah. Come staggering out, come staggering out of the back room, puking all over like the fucking bourbon and guy. And smoke. Like, yeah, doing, desperately trying to pretend that children don't notice how screwed up you are when they obviously do, you know? Like, Even when I'm not like that, like when I show up to like my family get-togethers or now that there's babies in my family and my close friends, I'm the baby, I'm the cause or baby crier. I'll show up and the babies take one look at me and like that's a bad man and they're just wailing right away. It's like I I, I have to walk out yeah. of their line of sight. And as they get older, their line of sight gets larger and I eventually have to like leave the room. <laughs> I'm like I will I get it I'll go. No I I've told, I have totally I have totally had that experience and it's funny because usually children because you know they don't see giants it means nothing to them right. like you're just a larger playground. It means nothing. But last last weekend honestly no two weekends ago yeah went to breakfast and and. My little girl at breakfast, she's like, you know, two, maybe three, maybe. She, I don't know what it was. The look on my face, the night I'd had, my hair, I don't know. And she's seen me a number of times, and it's always been cool before. But she mm. just, she just started wailing in this restaurant. And the only thing I could do to help the situation was not look at her. So I just like had to like eat breakfast and kind of like look at my shoes, you know, like and pretend like you weren't there. Yeah. Because children know. Well, they see you in a new way, in a new light, and you're a bad man. So, but anyway, that's that's yeah, like I said. So for all of you who children show, these two guys. Yeah, and for all of you who aren't aware of what you're seeing, uh, tune in on YouTube and take a look because you're missing out. But uh, oh yeah, if you're just hearing this, you've missed half of that for sure. What you're also missing is the fact, and if you're hearing this, what you're probably also realizing is you're missing another voice. <laughs> which, which would that have is been very true. That is definitely, definitely our boy Lars, our, our dear friend Lars, who is no longer with us. He has moved on down to New York City for the week, 
and is going to be down there uh, living it up, uh, doing his actor thing down there. He's actually, uh, his brother lives there, uh, who is also Chris, who is also the composer of the yeah, 39 yeah. D&D of our, of our official theme, official song, theme song, which yeah, will yeah. have a f- full-on theme song recorded. We'll put the applause and the laugh track in later, Jabril. Coming soon. You. Yeah, no, and all the hand signals and stuff. Yeah, tags. And so, yeah, so he'll be, he's in New York this week. Uh, we're definitely not going to hear from him at all during this show, so just be prepared not to see or hear from him at all. Sure. Yeah. So, I, honestly, today was one of those days I, I really had no idea what to talk about. But it's funny because Lars isn't here. We'll talk about people who aren't here. Because mm. why not? That's actually a, a pretty salient topic when it comes to the, the idiocy of my lifestyle. And I was thinking about that today. I've just reached that point in my life at, you know, I'm 37 years old, where you start losing people at a ratio high enough to really mark it on the calendar. Like when you're a kid, if you're lucky and you don't like live in hell or something really crazed, you don't lose dozens of people. It just doesn't happen. But by the time you reach like 40, I mean, all the old, old people, you know, they're like riding the ragged edge. And the people who are going to die of disease and, you know, bad lifestyle, stupid spaceman lifestyle decisions, you know, have, have done so or are doing so. So I was thinking about the day. Actually, I was talking to, was, yeah, I was talking to a bunch of randoms, but I was talking to these two guys in the park and uh, brought to my attention that, yeah, that's exactly what happens. You reach a certain point in your life and people just start to expire. And when I was younger, and we partied way too hard all the time, continuously, as this entire series is basically about, you, you get to the point where you forget that mortality is, like, always there. It's always part of your day-to-day, right? It's only when you look back on things. I mean, I lost my mother when I was 18. I lost a few people that were really important and tragic and sort of ruined my life and changed my life and, you know, these things. But... The recognition of your own mortality doesn't come until you've survived long enough, I think, to have, like, arthritic pains when you get up in the morning, you know? And then you, you go in to take a piss, and you're like, shit, not only am I old, but people fucking die, and I'm going to die. And then you're like... I don't stand so good, yeah. You know, and, and that changes your, your approach to the entire game, I think. Like, some people, you know, immediately go, I'm going to be healthier, I'm going to... I'm going to you know, try harder. I'm going to buy a Ferrari to prove that my penis still works or whatever. And other guys, I think, like me, who, who, who don't send dick pics to uh, anyone. It's going to be a subject we're going to talk about later. <coughs> Jabril. <coughs> anyway, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit and, and how acceptable that is religiously. But um, anyway, so, someone who does not have that kind of technological savvy and does not really think that becoming vegan at the age of 37 is going to change anything, realizes that really what you can do is you can look for simple solutions or you can die trying. So instead of doing drugs, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week all the time, I fucking just don't. I mean, it's amazing, but just not doing that has probably added like at least 20 minutes to my life. Drinking? Of course I still drink, but it's not like 
I buy a case of beer on the way home from work every day and drink it before I get home and have to call dial a bottle. I'd be like, yeah, I just got off the bus, but I'm out of beer again. So maybe you should send me more beer. Was there, was there a time when that was when the alcohol was being consumed like a river? I lived, I lived my, my brother Jack at uh, an address in the East End, and we used to order two two fours and a twenty sixer, and both would have picked up liquor on the way home from work. So we get home and polish off a bottle or two, and then order, you know, forty eight more beers and. Start with the booze and regress to the beer. Yeah, and then eventually it's like, oh, we're out of booze again. Time to go to the pub. So we're down the street at the local. And after a while, you start to realize that's not just insane. That's psychotic. Like, that'll kill you. Like, that'll kill you fast. And you burn on heart. But when you're a young guy and you're sort of just partying your ass off, and everything seems so free and, and, and easy, then you do that. You do that and you love it. And I, and I have no regrets. Like, life was weird and it was crazy. The whole thing was mental. But I loved every second of it, man. You're kidding? Like, I live with some amazing people. I've seen more sunsets and sunrises than any man alive. As I'm always awake. It's like nighttime, morning. Yeah, well, here we are. Woo! You know? And, like, I've learned, I've learned how crazy people can be, but also how beautiful they can be when they're just, when, they're, when their defenses are down, when everything's gone. And it's just like, this is just person, raw, one-to-one, you know? I've also seen how terrible people can be. But that's great. I mean, that's the diversity of life. That's, that's what living's about. I don't know how else to do it. Like, I think my mother died... Not only she died relatively young, mm-hmm. but I think she also died without having experienced that many things. Like there's a lot of things in, in life, I'm sure. And she mentioned some of them when she was very ill before she died. She mentioned things. Like she smoked pot for the first time when she was like in her, in her mid-40s. And it wasn't like, she wasn't like, oh, it was a life-changing experience. I'm going to smoke pot for the rest of my It's great. But again, it's just a simple experience that most people take for granted. That she simply never had for 40 years of her life and then died a few years later. You know? So, I mean, like, thinking about how cheap life is and how simple life is makes it more valuable because if you couldn't lose it, it wouldn't mean anything. If it wasn't so temporary, it wouldn't have the lasting virtues that it does. And I don't know what people's personal experiences are, and I'm sure there's people who tell me, you know, the exact opposite of my life experiences. But here I am now thinking about my own mortality a little bit and realizing that even if I wanted to be like 100% a different person or change my lifestyle and, you know, whatever, it's a little late. I've kind of entrenched myself Mm. in some of the things that I am and some of the places I'm going to be. You know, like, for example, what I do for a living, working in the industry I work in sort of as a mercenary in the nightlife. Well, that's a skill and it makes good money. And you can do it a lot longer than you can, like, be a boxer or a fucking, you know, a professional hockey player. Because you can, you can last as long as you have some talent and some ability. And that means that probably I will exploit being a bouncer of some stripe for the foreseeable future. You know? I mean, we're heading into a recession. And you can tell because contracting gigs have dried up there's mm. no work to be had if you're a contractor unless you booked the contract three or four months ago right it's all drying up mm. but bars never close even when the rest of the country is completely <laughs> poor and everybody's broke the only industry like one of the few industries that's completely insulated from those economic turmoils is liquor 
In fact, if anything, when people go broke, they fucking drink. Mm. Bars double up, and it gets even busier and stranger, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's more rowdy, that's for sure. Do you think um, going to more funerals changes the way you treat other people on an ongoing basis? I don't know. Because I don't we, know. We were saying how it does maybe change the way you run your life. Uh, it scares me. But then maybe that's for sure. The way, like seeing others. seeing you know family members in coffins, going to funerals, dealing with the people I've never met, telling you stories about family members you didn't know. You know, like hearing things about people. Like I dedicated an episode to my grandmother. Right, whose funeral I went to this summer, mm-hmm. I learned a lot about her that I just didn't know from people I didn't know. It was like when I went to my uncle's funeral, same thing. I learned a lot about him from people I didn't know about him. That it, you know, and what's scary about that is that it just shows you like how much of people's lives exist in a microcosm that you'll never experience. Like you might know a person your entire life and know almost nothing about them. And that's what scares me actually, is not being as close with the people I want to be before they die. I want pe- I want to live with, you know, the people I truly love, the people I truly want to know. I think I should know them better. I feel like we, sh- we should all have better relationships. We should all have better, li- because it's so fucking temporary. And that's the one, that's the only regret I think I actually have. The only one is that there are people in this life that are dead and I wished I knew them better than I did before they went. I think North Americans have a tough time living life and enjoying life. I think so, too. I think there's a lot of emphasis put on... Um, you good? You need <coughs> tissues? In? A lot of emphasis put on uh, career and work and money and capitalism. So, you know, you look at nation, other nations. I think of other, just from my own cultural understanding, it's like other European nations that know how to celebrate life and then th- of course worldwide there's other great examples but North well, Americans I mean, are again <laughs> even like New Orleans and their idea of a funeral that's true there's parts of North America. you know there's I mean, it's it's cultural but it's also it's also small that's I mean I'm talking on a smaller level just familial mm. like you know I was at a Christmas dinner and someone I've known like a family friend I've known since I was a small child told us a story about his time in, in a Turkish prison in the 70s for, like, some stupidity. And I, I couldn't believe it. Like, this is like a guy, and I never would have known. Uh, you know, like, you know, just a suburban dude. <coughs> suburban dude. But, like, that's what I mean. The people closest to you, you might, you might hardly know. That's, and then your parents. I was going to say they live, they live separate lives. Your parents. For double lives. When was the last time you sat down with your parents and said, what was the most fucked up thing you ever did? And more importantly, when do you think you got a straight answer? Because even if you have had those conversations, I, I, don't, I never have. I actually never have. Hmm. And I've thought about it. I've wondered. Because my dad, as I'm sure you've known if you watch the show at all, my dad's one of my heroes. Like hmm. he's, he's a man, and I believe in him, and I think he's done a very good job of being a good man in this world. And that's hard. That's hard enough as it is. But I've never asked him. Never once. What's the most fucked up thing you ever did? Like, how crazy were you? What, you know, what did you do when you were 21? What did you do when you were 18? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. No, nah, he's told me some crazy stories, but never like that. And that's because you don't know. You don't ask. You don't think about it, right? And now I worry, like, if I don't ask, maybe I'll never know. That's right. You see, because it's not like or, we're getting younger. 
or what happened like with when I started uh, Q&A my grandparents was I wasn't getting straight answers because they didn't know. I asked grandma and grandma all these things and she'd be like, oh, uh, now Jack, was that? Was, I'm like, just because you guys were married for 75 years, you can still answer it for yourself, grandma. But like she would always, always ask my grandpa about it. And I'm like, no, grandma, what do like, I want your version? Yeah, what I'm did like, you see? What happened to you? And she's like, well, you know, things. <laughs> I'm like, and so so that's why you're saying you got to ask at the right times. Because well, but it's more than even that, though, because like I said, you might ask. And you still might never get that answer. Right. Because they might not be comfortable telling you. That too. Right? Yeah. So that's a part of it. I mean, and we live in a world where, again, like I say, the relationships we have are so tertiary almost. Like we don't, we don't really know anybody, is what I'm trying to say. We don't really know anybody. And we try to. I think oh, we should know each other more. I know this. Oh, yeah. I know this body. Uh oh. We speaking, of, speaking of family, we're, we were just talking about family and knowing people. What do we got here? Well, these are two guys we already know. We know these guys. Well, yeah, we know one. Uh, we were just on the subject of, uh, of family. Family, relationships, knowing people, and how we should know each other better before we all pass away because it's inevitable. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's true. So. Uh, my name's Lars, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah. <laughs> What's amazing is you guys have just called in time. You're going to get your free Swedish hand pump. That's my hat on the wall. <laughs> that is your hat on the wall. That's right. Uh, we're offering... We're offering... Well, maybe... I, th- I feel like you donated that. I thought that was just your new hair that you grew. The Lars Rock Hotel. Maybe that's what this episode's going to be called, I feel like. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Nice to be there with you. Yeah, so uh, for, yeah. for everyone who's uh, listening and, and, and at home, we have uh, a, a call, our first ever call-in for this show. We have uh, Lars, who's a participant on the show on a regular basis, calling in. To the show! <laughs> on the show! Who would have thunk it? Especially since Trevor very carefully foreshadowed that he was not going to be seen or heard from. See what I mean? That's called a plot device, and we did that just for you guys at home. Actually, what I should have said was that the La- the Larsons will not be heard of today, but uh, in fact, there they are. There they are. Look at them in all their beauty. Don't don't use our real name. No, no, no. Sorry, that that's that. Don't use our real name. It it's Stan and Philip McCann Pump. We don't know them. It's not. So yeah, where are you pro- where are you broadcasting from? Yonkers via Bronxville. What? I think I returned an RV there once. <laughs> yeah, he got them. He got them. He got them with that one, folks. 
So uh, on the on this call-in right now, um, we thought we would uh, ask you guys uh, what kind of uh, drunken disorderlies <clears throat> have you witnessed in your travels down there? Uh, I would like to defer this to my brother Chris because he's got some stories where, uh, like, maybe tell the one where you We've had we've had ones together where we end up the next day and we're both like sore, like we fell downstairs or got in a fight, but don't remember how it happened. Let me tell that one. I think I returned an RV there too. He could probably pull your hair and punch you in the head with the same hand. Usually does. Well, if he was a fucking sissy, I can't imagine they wouldn't have. And that's really annoying. Hair pulling, rabbit punching, that sounds like... Yeah, that's a dick move. Yeah, once they found out that... Yeah. All right, to, to, to the sissy in Freeport... Fuck you. Yeah, Fuck you. I returned an RV there one time, and I never got rabbit punched, you dicks. So, yeah. New, New York's one of those places where um, the a lot of people is, like, live. Late to like 5 a.m. So it's just one of those places where you can drink for way, way later. I remember, I remember being in New York City out with this guy drinking, and we're doing like. Um, Boilermakers and beer and shot of Jameson, and then just feeling like I have to leave now. Like in order to survive, my body has to leave, and I somehow got up. And my trick in New York City or in any big city is, if you're really out partying, you keep a card of like the hotel that you're staying at in your pocket, so that if you're too drunk to speak to the Uber driver, this is pre-Uber, I guess. Now Uber, you just use Uber and he knows where you live, but. I used to just give the card to the guy because I couldn't speak well enough to tell him where he had to take me. That's a great idea until you accidentally hand over your room card key, thinking it's the, I'm at the Hilton. And you just hand the guy your card key and you're standing in the hallway for three hours, headbutting your own door, you know? Or, or you're like, you know, handing over cards and he's like, sir, I can't take you to Visa. Sir, I... I I can't take you to the the Boys and Girls Club. Like, 
End up at the at the library or something. Yeah, that's funny. That's a good skit, right there. Write that down. Everybody, write that down. Um. Okay. So, so you guys are in New York right now. What are you What are you currently working on that is drunk and disorderly enough for the show? Besides from the obviously pack of beer that you're into, I can see that one on. What, what what colors are you painting the place that you're sitting in? Mauve. Antique white. White and antique white. Various shades of white and dirty white. White and dirty. Well. Various shades of dirty white. Another possible title. Chris is just loaded. That leads us back into Jabril and his dick pics. <laughs> Listen, you started this. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You started it. Wow, this is a trip. Okay, hold on a sec. Give me the phone. Oh, oh wait. <clears throat> Sorry, Lars, you're missing something right now. We're having a really serious instrument here. Like, me, me and Jabril are talking about sending or not sending dick pics. Yes, that's why I brought you right up here to my eyes. Because right now I'm going to turn around so you can see Jabril. As he tells you that somehow me not sending dick pics that's not and having the no, argument about no, it is no, my fault. Now watch. No. Here's Jabril. Okay, go ahead. All right. Listen, first of all, I yep. found somebody's phone, went through their phone. I did. Sent their dick pics to their grandma. To grandma, yeah. All right. That is not living in the 21st century, and that wasn't cool. Why? Because you wouldn't want me to send your no, dick listen, pics to, to grandma? I don't have a grandmother. You said that already. So what does it matter to you? You're just taking it personally? I'm just being a dick for no reason. Dick pic. Dick pic. All right, so here's here's the problem. Lars, here it is. We're going to have you guys vote on this one. Here's, here's the deal. This is what I did, and this is what he has a problem with. I, I found a guy's phone, lost and found, and it was unlocked, so I flipped it open to try and figure out if I can call his buddies or get his phone back to him, and it turned out he had like 25 or 30 dick pics of his own. It was pretty obviously this guy just taking – because there's also like full body shots of him and his dick. So I knew – like, you know, I knew it was him. So what I did was I took them all, put them into a folder, and sent them to the number that said Grandma in his phone. And then I put the phone back in the lost and found, right? And just said, whatever, he'll find his phone, and, you know, Grandma will tell him that his phone was lost because, you know, she'll dick. figure that out pretty fast, Cause, right? Because dick. Now, Jabril took huge offense to this. He was like, was he was like I, can't, I, can't believe, I can't believe you, like, sent Grandma these dick pics. And I'm like, well, why are you taking 25 pics of your dick on your phone? And he's like, and you've never taken pictures of your dick on your phone? And I said, no, actually, I haven't. I've seen it enough times. Like, you know, I'm pretty familiar with it. I don't need photographic evidence to prove and it's I still there. I to try it. Yeah, and then Jabril goes, you should. Then he goes, response. you should try it. You should send a dick pic to someone. You might get, exactly. he said it himself, you might get exactly. a positive response. And I'm like, I might. But then I might have exactly the same problem that my brother had. My brother didn't know how to use the cloud, right? <laughs> I've told this story before, the cloud. So he took a bunch of dick pics and sent them to these girls, but he also posted them to the cloud so he could save them. So my stepmother and him are at brunch with a bunch of her, like, 50, 60-year-old female friends, and she wants to show off pictures of her trip to Italy, her happy hiking trip through Italy. <laughs> and she pulls the cloud open and whips out the photo files, and there's, like, a half dozen pictures of my little brother's dick. <laughs> 
And, of course, it's obviously him. And her friends all know this. Right? So... Well, yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so he's sitting there. They're looking at her, him, and she, he's looking at them like, eh. So right there, right there is, is exactly one reason why the dick pic is probably not a good idea. He was also asked if it was, uh, if it was a, if it was a, what was it? You found out what the dick was, if it was a. Yeah, it, it, not, it does sound kind of like Jabril is a dick pic expert. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, do you have a lot of, do you have an experience with this dick pic thing? And he was like, well, you should, you should just try it. You might experience something. And I'm like, uh-huh, I might. You're absolutely right. Experience something, Jabril. You should try it. Is that the thrill? Now, listen, I think that Bob should try it at least once. That's what I think. Well, and then and then then he asked because he said he doesn't live in the twenty. Or first of all, he doesn't live in the twenty-first century. Second, I think you should try it. He ha- he's in a relationship. That's a great way to practice. <laughs> Wasn't he? I believe he was. Okay, also- and it got even better than that because then yeah, J- then Jabril asked Kareem if it was a nice dick. If, oh yeah, yeah, he asked if it was a nice dick. No, I think actually that was her that asked me that. Was, that. So. No. That's what I said. That's what I said. I, I think, don't want to see Bob's dick. I think Jabril just wants dick pics. Nigga, no. That's what I think he nigga, wants. I really no. do. N- nobody. No, nah, man. Oh, but it's an experience. Try it. it. It's a life experience. No, and then he. What you were saying. And then he. Then, okay. Then he goes. Then he goes to Kareem, and he says, "Do you, Do you think that sending dick pics is what was that again?" What did I say? religious term. Haram. Haram is sending dick pics. Haram. Oh, that's the other. And Kareem's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and Jabril's like, really? Once again, like right back to this Jabril and dick pics. I think there's a history here that we're just not talking about. <laughs> I think there's a whole lot of like Jabril's dick on the internet that we're just not talking about. I think that's what's going on here. So we have a new sign. We have a sign that we post for the episode number. And um, and I write down possible uh, titles. So these are all these are all the quotes that we got going on today. We're writing down. You can't probably read them because it's my writing. You want that? Oh, we got guest mic is off. Thank you. Anyway. Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> that's why it was funny. I thought when you guys said that. Yeah, that's actually what I thought too. I'm like, oh. Various shades of white, dirty white, you know. You know. That's how it is there in Yonkers, right? Bob, have you ever been to New York City? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was like a kid, like a teenager, but I have an amazing story. A guy tried to sell me the coolest bootleg video in the universe, and it was called Batman. Yeah. yeah. And it was not Batman like Batman and Robin. It was like a guy with a baseball bat who had taped a small camera to the end of the bat <laughs> and would ring people's doorbells and then Batman. hit them with the bat and videotape the whole fucking thing because the video camera's taped to the bat. And he tries to sell me this thing. It's this little TV showing me clips like, you can't get this shit nowhere. This is bootleg. It's black. It's right on the street. You can't, you can't get this nowhere. And I'm like, of course you can. It's a fucking felony. But I'm like, that's amazing. 
You know, I'm like, like, like that's crazy. Like, ding dong. Hey, Granny, here's the bat. You know what I mean? Like, that was, that was, that was like, it was an hour, you know, it was an hour and a half. An hour and a half. People getting batted. Do you know how, many, you know how long it takes for an average person to get swatted with a bat like three times? Like, what? Four seconds? <laughs> an hour and a half. This guy's been rolling around New York whacking up who the fucking baseball that the camera attached to. He's got an hour and a half of fucking footage. That that's an epic right there. That's an Oscar. Like how many, really? of, those, how many of those people were actors? How many of them just got hit with a bat? All of them. But by the looks of it, it was just yeah, like some crazy hood rat. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna fucking hit people with a bat and <laughs> record it and try and sell it for five bucks on the corner. It was intense. The guys from Jackass made millions doing that, but the key is you have to hit yourself with the bat. That's true. That's true. Right. Not strangers. Because, yeah, because you're just like, again, yeah, exactly. If you're just like, you know, at the drive-thru at Burger King, like giving some guy the baseball bat, you're probably not getting your career off the ground. You're probably just going to prison. That's, I mean, we say that now, but yeah. All right, well. All right. What do you do now? Well, I guess uh, you got you to go do big things there, and we'll. Uh, oh, yeah, we're doing big things. He's got to go make it white and off-white and ugly white. Dirty white. So oh, I know what I was gonna say is um, we're gonna we're gonna schedule uh, Thirty Nine Drunk and Dis- Disorderly's New York, Dis- and we'll do a New York episode. Dis- yeah, that's official, ladies and gentlemen, without a home. Everybody heard we, it here first. You heard, heard it here it. first. We're mic. gonna schedule a New York City Drunk and Disorderly's. You heard uh, that first. Uh, uh. Um, words. Happy Halloween. Happy yes, brother. Happy Halloween. Halloween. We love you guys. Thank you so much for the call in. Whatever ethnic celebration you prefer to substitute in its place. <laughs> Duly said, duly noted, very progressive. Yog Samhain. And they're showing us the fireplace. Ah, ah, Yule time. All right, uh, all right, you crazy kooks, enjoy New York City. I'm cracking one for you. Unlike Jabril, who's just getting dick pics. I, I don't know what to say. Swedish hand pump, Jabril. It's not bad. Since you guys at home can't hear any of that, I want to tell you it's pretty amazing. You can hear a little bit, I think. Thanks. For- And that's the end of our very first call-in, ladies and gentlemen. That was wow, pretty interesting, was, wasn't it? Well, that's that's a we recorded that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was terrible. Yeah, that must have been awful to hear. Um, awful. But that was you know our first call-in, so we're we're gonna. The thing work is, on that's that. what we get to do sometimes: hosting a show like this. We do stuff, though. We pioneer, and then we make mistakes, and we that make it was better. Not pioneering that was just having trees fall on you because you can't cut them right that mm. was similar to pioneering mm-hmm. dying in the wilderness is similar to pioneering yeah 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 right no, Jabril? No, bodies go down bodies go down that's for sure we sacrifice some bodies on that on that try Jabril's thumbs up though so that's nice yeah. that's good I like that kind of positivity I mean I don't want to bleak you know no neither do I neither I mean I. it's being realist I, I think Realism. again I think that's funny that's one of those things wanting to know people we just met Lars and his brother 
Chris. And I mean, you guys didn't meet shit. That was just us having like a personal moment here on stage with the, the phone in our hands, which I guess for many of you who have grown up having most of your personal experience with a phone in your hand, that will seem very natural to you. Yeah, yeah, you'll be very relatable. Right? Because I got I got my first cell phone when I was like, what, almost 20? Mm. I mean, really? Like I was you know, like 18, 19, something like that. Which is, I mean, I know it's unheard of today, right? You get a cell phone, you're three. Like, you, you come out of the womb, and they're like, Samsung, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah they brain. iPhone. Yeah. But, Lock uh, you into that. Actually, that's funny, too. The technology and 39 drunk disorderlies, wow, the things that have fucking changed. Like, I could never get away with being me today. There are too many fucking cameras. Yeah. Literally oh everywhere. My God, literally everywhere. Like, like, all those times when I had, like, you know, brawls in the street or, like, gone to a fight on the subway or something there'd at least be like now there'd be like 20 people going that and too. filming the whole fucking that thing too, but also just like fixed uh oh, CCTV, yeah, also CCTV. CCTV. like on all the streetcars like ah uh, but the thing is fixed CCTV means different thing today than it meant 10 years ago too right fixed CCTV 10 years ago is like the guy's five feet in front of the camera and you're like is that Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> yeah and it's me Instead, like, no, it's not, like, who knows? It was, it was so bad. Because, again, that green, I mean, I loved that. I loved that, watching the news clips. They'd be like, you suspect know? was seen fleeing, and you're like, Here, that's here's, a here, fly. Here's a, picture, here's a picture of the suspect, <laughs> and it could literally be, just it like, could be anybody. It's a, or it's like, like, it looks like footage they got from Mars or something. Yeah, it's like, it's like either, either a, gray, a, a sort of grayish-white blob or sort of a blackish-brown blob, but... You know, and if it's an Asian guy, he's completely off the hook because there's no color bleed whatsoever. It's just it could be anybody, right? Like literally, it just disappears on camera. <laughs> 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 just disappears on camera. That was terrible. All right, um, but well, yeah, it was fun. It was fun having Lars call in, but I think we should probably work that one out. Before what we we're do gonna do is we're gonna have the proper uh, cables to because you can do that and anyone who's listening at home yeah you know we know what we're doing but you know if you want to write in and give us some tips or hints on how to do that affordably that'd be cool too oh and also it is it is as Lars's brother said it is Halloween this week happy fucking Halloween I did say it's gonna be a chilling episode and uh, I was I was told to tell at least one ghost story so I'm going to oh right should we should we k- move, can we kill one of these lights and get the mood going in here no <laughs> Our uh, videographer is like, no fucking way. But you know what? Use your voice and change the mood. How about that? Use my voice. Yeah, I can do that. I can, I can probably do that. We're just doing a little bit. Technical malfeasance for a ghost story. I think that's a special on you, so you might want to hold on that. Just for who here in the room believes in ghosts? (laughs) After all the dick pics, you don't believe in ghosts? You've never seen a Casper finger? Why? Yeah, a scary movie. But actually, she's into it. Yeah. She, like, gets accosted, and then she's like, well, 
the way it happens in the film, it's like kind of on. It's yeah, it's molesty. But then the way they do it in the in yeah, we've scary all seen movie. Water World, so you know how close to molesty you can get and still direct, produce, and write and star in your own film. So, I mean, I don't. Yeah, that that film. You used my crayons. I'm going to shave your head. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Anyhow, ghost stories don't involve oh, Kevin right, Costner. Right, right. Although they could, and maybe one day should. So, or when I was a a child, my grandparents owned a house in a, a small town up north, and it was a normal single story sub basement dwelling. So it had the, you know the the back stairs went down into a basement, and the first floor was on ground floor, and the basement was an old storage space for shit from bygone eras you know so one of those those old hand wringer washers and all this other shit and they also had a fold-out couch down there so me and my mom were staying there for one of these family functions and we were both sleeping on this couch in the basement and i woke up in the middle of the night and i had to pee you know as as you will and i went to get out of bed and I can remember, it's funny, the things you remember vividly in moments that were so terrifying. I put my foot down on the floor, and the floor was ice cold, the concrete floor. And that's not surprising. Concrete floors get cold. But I remember feeling how cold it was, and it kind of... I looked around. Dark, dark basement. And behind the staircase, which is one of those drop-down wooden, just, you know, straight slat wooden stairs. There's no concrete backing or anything. So you can see through them behind the stairs. There's like a, you know, storage space and shit behind the stairs. I started seeing this sort of incandescence, this sort of reddish, orange incandescence, right? And I, w- I, and I call it incandescence because it wasn't light. It wasn't lighting up the room, but I could see it in the dark. Then it started to move sort of in my direction, and I was pretty scared. Like, what the fuck is this? It's pretty weird. And I'm a kid. And I don't know what's up. Didn't know. Couldn't figure it out. And it passes behind some shit, and it sort of looks more like a person now. Like, it's not just a cloud of light. It's it's a human shape. And that was kind of frightening, and it started moving closer and closer, and it passes behind that, again, that hand wringer washer that I mentioned. And then it looks more like a person, but it's got this sort of frightening visage and almost a, looked like a, a horned hat or maybe even horns itself. And it's holding something in its hand, and it's pointing sort of in my direction. I flipped right out, obviously. I just lost my shit. Like, I didn't know what to fucking do crawled back into bed, pulled the blankets over my head, cried my shit to sleep, you know what I mean? Just like hiding under the pillow, like desperate. My mother didn't wake up, didn't hear a damn thing, you know? So, of course, the story that I, I when I started telling my family, I, I think I saw something, so it was pretty crazy, whatever. You, you get the, the obvious disbelief, like, well, chances are you were just dreaming, just asleep. And, you know, that's very fair. I accept that on a scientific and, and, and reasonable level. I've had nightmares before and never had such a visceral physical memory of it that for 30 years it stayed with me as though it was a moment I was living today, you know? And I don't think that a simple dream is usually as potent as that, although maybe I'm wrong. I've never had a prophetic dream or anything like that, so maybe that's just, you know, sometimes the nature of these things. But I can tell you since then, I have seen and experienced some shit that, I don't know how to explain. And I spent the rest of my life, because of that moment, that experience, and not being believed, and in fact being ridiculed, 
Like, don't tell your cousins that. You're just trying to scare them. You know, and it's like, I'm scared. I don't want to go in the basement. Stop scaring people. I'm not going in the basement. You're just trying to scare people. It's like, okay, well, maybe I am, but I'm still not going back fucking down there. So, you know, as scared as they might be, fuck you, I'm not going back down there. Maybe maybe you got abducted. Maybe it was aliens. Fuck, man. Maybe. Or maybe, Who knows? Or maybe you got your mind hijacked for a night. All I know is this. Since then, I've seen some shit. Manchurian I've worked in a few really interesting places. As a security guard, I've had some interesting jobs. I worked in a bar that I'm telling you to this day, that building still makes me nervous. It's a very scary place. And I've seen, again, I just say I'm seeing some shit. I've had access to a lot of CCTV security footage and seen some shit on footage. I, you know, also, it's like I wasn't even there, but like that shouldn't happen. What the fuck is that all about? You know, like wind, wind will move things, but wind does not move a 200 pound desk four feet on its own. And I don't know any phenomenon that does. It's sort of an earthquake. And if I'm in the same building and I didn't feel any vibration and there on the camera, the desk has moved four feet. You see it move. The building didn't fall down, right? I'm in it. But, you know, so at a certain point you have to say to yourself, you know, what are we dealing with here? Yeah, well, apparently lenses, cameras, like these kinds of things do capture those kinds can can allegedly capture those kind of energies but i'm saying there's nothing on film except for a 400 pound desk moving six feet yes a lens is going to catch that happening but you're absolutely right thermal cameras you know it's one of the funny things about things like bigfoot and and ghosts and shit like this we have so much cctv we have so much camera footage you would think you would think that the answer would be obvious it'd be in you know, like we've satellite surveyed almost every square inch of the earth. You'd think we could have, have one solid picture of Bigfoot, right? But who knows, man? The universe is more interesting when, than that. When my family's got a graveyard <clears throat> up uh, on our property out in Belleville, and a lot of our folks over the past 200 years have been buried there. And this is a photo of the graveyard that we took when we went on a ghost walk one night. We were all up there, and my cousin took that, and this appeared in her photo. And that what you're seeing <clears throat> could be derived as lens flare, orb. but it's an orb. And it, they, they float above graves, allegedly. Oh, they also, it, it actually, in the and ghost, in the ghost phenomenon around. world, orbs are one of the things they look for all the time in footage. Yeah. And so now, it's, as a, as a it's camera, a as a... As a as a camera and, 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 and videographer, when you see various lens flares and, and things like that, I mean, obviously, the, your first impulse is, okay, well, that's just a lens effect a or a, an odd light or a flashlight. Sure. But have you ever seen anything in photographs you've taken that just doesn't make any sense to you? Like, on that, on that and I ask, I, ask that, I ask that just because a lot of people have and a lot of people haven't. Photographs I've taken personally, no. The face. Um, have you seen photographs that you thought to yourself, that's pretty interesting? Yeah, definitely have. I've seen a bunch of pictures because, as remember, you asked a picture, you, you asked a question, who believed in ghosts? And I didn't raise my hands. Yeah. So every single time I'm asked a question, the same question, people will pull up with pictures. And be like, oh, of course, yeah. How do you explain this? How do you explain that? 
most of the time I can figure out an explanation. Yeah, usually I yeah. can too, and that's why I'm I'm so, I'm asking. But I've had like a few pictures where I'm, uh, and even videos. Where I'm like, I have no fucking clue how that happened. Yeah, um, maybe there is an explanation, but I don't know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And that's fair, and that's a, that's a very fair objective opinion. I mean, that's not you're not saying you 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 discount the concept 100. percent You're just saying no, I don't personally believe in that. But I haven't, you know, again, you haven't had any reason to, right? Yeah. I, well. I've, it's probably because of my upbringing. As I said, I was raised in Africa. Sure. Africa, it's not so much ghosts mm. as in um, gins. <laughs> and yeah, yes. Ever heard of the term gins? Absolutely, gins, yes. Spirits. Absolutely, yep. So oh, okay. In Africa, they say that gins are the the the, um, the reason behind people believing in ghosts right because they're tricksters they're shape right ships uh, shape shape shifters right yeah. right right they're like basically just here to fuck with people right so but yeah i've heard crazy fucking stories oh so, for example uh one of my uncles went out one night where my granddad told him yeah i don't go out tonight because where i'm from we have these stories where like you should not go out in certain days because right. those days are the days where jinns Patrol the they city. play their games. And if you met, meet with one, you might not come back home. And is that like, are they, is that based on uh, celestial events or certain astronomical, astro- like certain nope. reasons? Like what, like nope. what would be So the- basically, um, gins, uh, I'm going to explain this because I'm actually writing about, about gins. <laughs> so I know a lot of shit about them. Sick. So gins are basically, cre- like the way they explain it, they're basically creations like human beings. So they live on the same, on different planes. So they live on Earth, just like human beings, but we can't see them. Right. We can't interact with them, except certain people. My dad is from Benin, which is the birthplace of voodoo magic. Right. So oh I've seen some crazy shit. Oh my god. <laughs> but and and almost all my explanations, the first thing people told me, fucking genes. They're the reason behind this shit. So they're not really celestials. They're just beings that you cannot really see and that have uh, supernatural abilities. But is there like a certain time of year based on like energies? No. Am I wrong in assuming am I wrong in assuming that in, in the Old Testament ages the, the jinn were the Seven. children the children of fire? Yes, exactly. They're, they're jinns are the beings of fire. Oh my! They're beings made of pure fire. Which again, it was just, and then and you take it to a modern connotation. That's energy. So I mean, because yeah. fire, when you think about fire in itself, the representation of fire is heat energy making light. Yeah. So what you perceive is the light and the heat from the fire. But really, if you're made of fire, yeah. what you really are is just it's energetic potential. Energy. Yes, exactly. But the, in those energy. days, which would allow for a lot of, which again, yeah. which would allow again interpretation. Only, only, only light they had was the sun right. and, and fire. And fire. But and interpretation again, fire, interpreta- so. ancient interpretation leading into modern con- connotation. Yeah. You could easily ex- take the same idea of an energy being or a light being. Exactly. And saying that's fire. I mean, yeah. what is sunlight through a magnifying glass, right? If exactly. not. It's funny that you come up with this because that's exactly what I wrote in my book. Anyways, um, my story goes from my, my, my uncle went out. And as I said, James are shape shifters. They can sure. appear what, as whatever the fuck they want. So he went out with some friends. Partied late last night. Partied late all night. 
and he was coming back. There are certain hours, not days, but hours, where you should not be out because yeah. those are the hours. Yeah, where out. I think they're also so, called the witching hours here as well. So, for example, that's very cross cultural. Yes, few hours before sunrise. Yep. You, and that's the time where my uncle was walking home. Uh, Actually, I think he was driving home. Yeah, yeah, he was driving home, and his car broke down. And then, for some reason, he saw a relative. Just a relative just walked up to him, and the relative was like, "Didn't your dad tell you not to come out this time? At this time, like it's dangerous out right now. You should head back home right now. Like leave the car. Just go home." And then he was like, okay. So he locked the car and started walking home. And the relative was like, okay, I'll walk you home. And then they walked home, they talked, they walked home. He arrived home, knocked on the door. The same guy opened the door. And he was like, how the fuck aren't you? He turned around and there was nobody behind him. Right. Then he told the story to my to my granddad, and my granddad was like, "Yeah, you met a gen. You're lucky it was one of the good ones. He probably protected you from some shit that was gonna happen." Yeah, it was just playful instead of malevolent. Exactly. What? The he just wanted to freak you out. Didn't want to kill you. Lucky you. I mean, you've had that experience where you've. I, I feel like I've I've met somebody. And I always call it the Matrix, where I'm like. You know, like the Matrix glitched on that one or something. There was a weird thing there. You know what's interesting? Like, like I said, an since alien? I've studied ghosts and, and the phenomenon of the supernatural my entire life, that's, that story runs cross-culturally, globally. And the story is, and it changes very form and slightly, but often, often, especially in the Western world, in, in the 1950s to 1970s, it was a guy driving a car, sees a woman by the side of the road, Who's just like, hey, and he pulls the car over and she says, I live just up the road. Can you give me a ride home? And in the classic Western interpretation of that very similar story, he drives home to the house. Right. Gets to the house, gets out of the car, goes to open the door for her and she's gone. And some veriformans, the guy walks up to the door, knocks on the door and says, hey, there was this girl. I tried to drive and, and an old person answers the door and explains so well no no my my daughter died 10 years ago and there's a picture of the woman on the mantle looks just like the girl and you see again these cross-cultural phenoms with um gin or spirits or whatever you whatever manifestation and however you want to you want to describe or, or attribute them you see these cross-cultural connections which is one of the few things that has always for me made it seem a little more valid it's one thing if just one people had a story about the supernatural, but the fact that literally every single historical account culturally across the globe, isolated from each other by a thousand kilometers. Logically, too, like throughout yeah. the ages. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it persists. And again, in the, in the age of high technology, it still persists. In fact, and, they were saying it's captured in some ways. Yeah. Well, and that's what's that, well, what drives me crazy is it might be captured a lot, but at the same time, there's so much bullshit yeah, on the internet. It's brutal. You can't parse yeah, it. Can't, and you, well, ever since the Photoshop got invented, yeah. you can't. Oh man! You, like oh, I said, man, you yeah, just you can't parse. You can't parse what is real from what is created. Yep. And as special effects absolutely get more and more 
It's ridiculous now. You've seen like them redo The Shining with Jim Carrey yeah. and stuff, right? It's ridiculous. Yes. It's yes, ridiculous. I've seen that video. It's it's it's, crazy. Ha- it's haunting. Watching it's that, crazy. it's creepy. Well, it's very fitting that we uh, started uh, uh, the show with, with uh, in terms of memories and and uh, those who aren't around, and now we're ending it with the, the supernatural and those that visit us while we're still here. So hopefully we can figure out and be so lucky to, to uh, visit anyone uh, after our yeah. meat sacks have... Uh, I guess what we're trying to say is, if you watch this show, we're going to haunt you. That's right. And if you know how you we can, you can become a, a haunter, yeah, use calls. Uh, let us know because we're interested. Because once this plane ends, what's up next plane? That's what we want to know. Yeah. How are we? We're, yep. That's it. Are we gonna All right, next planes. Cheers, All guys. Right. Thank you very much. We love you again. We'll see you soon.